Today on Refried Reviews, we also love Martin Scorsese. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> Fuck this movie. reviews everybody i'm john i'm jp what'd you make me watch dude <laughs> i don't think it was as bad as some previous choices no no not nearly i'm gonna i'm gonna take a big old shit on this movie but <laughs> oh i can't wait yeah no it's not you yeah it's it's not as bad as plenty of other stuff we've watched <laughs> like it's not as actively flawed as something like the dark knight rises right um but it's it's real stupid. It doesn't seem to have that high of ambitions. I mean, it's just kind of a dumb little movie in general. I don't agree Maybe with he that. thinks it's important. Yeah, I think but... the movie thinks it's important, and yeah. it's not. Um, I suppose. So, what what movie are we talking about? Two thousand one's Blow, directed by Ted Demi. Yeah, starring yeah. Johnny Depp and uh, Ethan Suplee and Paul Rubens and Penelope Cruz and, and Franca Potente and a whole fuck ton of people. Yeah, it's a big old ensemble piece. Um, in the like, I think we could say it's perhaps in the vein of goodfellas yeah just a little bit yeah a drug romp <laughs> yeah oh, coke god. romp more specifically yeah um and it's god it's like this this specific kind of movie that i really don't like like <laughs> i we're recording on, on a su- sunday afternoon right now guys i guarantee you somewhere in america right now there's a kappa sig frat house with this movie, movie playing <laughs> on it like i fucking promise you that that's <laughs> happening while i'm talking i thought you were gonna say there are students making this movie oh yeah probably there's, <laughs> there's somebody cranking out a shitty screenplay about this kind of thing like something about how some charismatic fucking drug guy did drug stuff and then ended up in jail <laughs> that's the movie okay guys that's the plot a drug guy did drug stuff and they ended up in jail that's it <laughs> and i mean we'll we'll do the intros and everything but i just want to throw out real quick as uh, a thing that immediately occurred to me with Wolf of Wall Street and similar movies, and I think Wall Street did it as well. Oh, don't fucking breathe this movie's name in the same no, breath. Well, so. I, but I think it's interesting that I remember when I saw this movie in theaters, the like sort of quick cutting with narration that was yeah. a little bit. I mean, I don't want to say like progressive or anything, but that was sort of like filmmaking moving forward a little bit and yeah. getting a little bit more adventurous. What scene with, in particular, are you talking about? Uh, sort of the opening of just explaining who he is and just jumping like from life period to life period mm, and sort yeah. of, you know, intersplicing jokes in there. And I feel like that was um, like, you know, that's more young person's filmmaking of, of whipping through it that way and being able to understand it. And it already feels like it's gone from feeling interesting and new to lazy over the course of like yep. 15 years, where now, even if you are something like Wolf of Wall Street, you better be talking to the camera or having in-jokes spliced between it, like, oh, this, whereas it felt a lot more interesting at the time, to me feels a lot like, all right, we we don't have a Star Wars crawl. Like, how do we do it? Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's doing... I mean, the thing is, this movie doesn't have a single original idea in the <laughs> entire thing. Like, it's like the quick-cutting stuff you're talking about. Like, that's just Scorsese shit. Yeah. Um, and this movie really likes Martin Scorsese, in particular Goodfellas. <laughs> but, uh, but like, all that period... Um, I mean, I know that it came out later than this, but I also got a... Uh, and maybe this movie influenced it, but um, probably not. But um, <laughs> that I got a little bit of a Departed vibe from it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Um, but mainly Goodfellas. It's Goodfellas, guys. Uh, um, <laughs> Did you like Departed? Just before we leave that, I quite like The Departed. Okay, yeah, mm-hmm. I The Departed was uh, to to loop back on my 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 Kappa Sig rant because I wouldn't I I wasn't letting go of that bone just yet. Um, that was like <laughs> the first movie that made me realize that a lot of the movies I really liked as a like a freshman sophomore in college were ripoffs of Martin Scorsese <laughs> because that was I, I mean I had seen Goodfellas before and I had seen a couple of other things but that was for some reason that movie compared in my head to boondock saints made me go oh <laughs> shit uh-huh. um and the departed's real good but um you know this is this is the kind of movie that like people take so there's there's like movies like goodfellas or even scarface um the the like the the broy frat type kids tend to take the wrong message away from those movies not all the time but a lot of them do mm-hmm. a lot of them watch that and they're like that guy's so cool like he you know he's a total gangster he's doing whatever he wants <laughs> like they take they take tony montana or henry hill and hold them up as aspirational figures where when like granted i haven't seen scarface actually but um in goodfellas like we've talked about like henry hill's a cautionary tale mm-hmm. like he's a shithead um who rats out all of his friends at the end <laughs> um like there aren't good people in that movie and you're not supposed to want to emulate them that's a big part of goodfellas is demystifying the godfatheriness of being a gangster and saying like oh yeah sometimes you can get a table uh at the front of the uh, front of the show in this shitty little like new york club but like that's about all you can get Mm -hmm. um you're not gonna have a giant you know garden party wedding or anything like that and like wall street felt like naivete in over your head yeah this movie really doesn't feel like much of an arc or anything that's what i'm getting at (laughs) this movie feels like it's made by someone who took the wrong message away from goodfellas like i'm talking about mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. it's like oh yeah those guys are so awesome let's talk about how charismatic <laughs> and cool this george young guy is because yeah he's he's like not held to account for anything he does and the, the movie doesn't have a stance on like all the things he's doing like at the end it's like oh he doesn't get to talk to his daughter and he misses her a lot and he had to break a promise and he was just trying to get out of the game and like he gives like a one day from retirement speech yeah like oh fuck this shit <laughs> so terrible and in that scene there's a fucking pa in the background <laughs> um, behind that tarp go watch it guys you listener go queue up don't even watch the whole movie it's shit but queue up the last scene or like not, not the last scene, but the scene where George gets busted. There's a shot of him. He's sitting in front of a tarp, and there's a crack in the tarp. In one of the shots, there's a dude moving around behind him, and they didn't even retake it. Fuck this movie. <laughs> well, I mean, we're getting into some fun red meat here, so let's just real quick. Uh, yeah. When did you first see this movie? I saw it in college. Yeah, I. You know, it's it's it was part of that like just getting into film. You know, where you watch because uh, like a lot of people like I got into film through uh, well horror movies and also gangster movies. So like there was boondock saints which i watched constantly when mm-hmm. i was 18 uh um, totally yeah um <laughs> god let's let's never revisit that one um <laughs> only the second one yeah now i've never seen the second one have you seen the second one i have oh uh, is it as bad as everyone says it's pretty terrible okay is it as bad as the first one uh the first I, one's I've, not that bad like, i mean i've seen the second one once in theaters so and gotcha. as as you say i saw the first one over and over and over again yeah, yeah. um the main thing i remember is uh is julie bowen her name from dexter yep uh, that she does the worst, like, is that Southern? I don't oh know, kind of accent through the whole thing. And I, I don't know that it's her fault. I mean, I guess it can't not be, but Jesus, Troy Duffy, like some of these lines and that he didn't pull her back on this awful accent. accent. But I believe one of the uh, the opening lines is like, she's so smart, she makes other people look retarded or something, or she makes smart people look retarded. It's 
it's oh my god that level of writing that's horrible yeah that's one of the worst lines i've ever heard <laughs> and it was uh that's uh, room bad and uh <laughs> as i recall it's set up for a three Oh, that has not yet. <laughs> yeah, Imagine come to fruition. That. Um, I think Billy Connolly knows when to jump ship. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. So I was pretty much the same thing. I mean, I saw it in theaters, which I guess was technically the end of high school. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's that if I have seen it since then at all, it would have been sort of during the college years. Yeah. When yeah. this was a fun kind of thing to watch. Yeah, it was like, oh man, look, they're all doing a whole bunch of cocaine and doing <laughs> drugs and stuff. Um, also, like at the beginning of this movie, you know, the the first like half hour is just about them selling a bunch of weed. Did you feel like all that stuff played real different now that like weed is this close to being legalized? <laughs> um, yeah, it, it definitely the it. I'm it like, felt, oh, you you mean that stuff I can go buy with my debit card? <laughs> um, the it being presented to uh, to Paul Rubens as like the giant gift did feel a little bit like. So you got rich friends. Like, what's the big deal? Yeah, it's just it's just a bunch of weed. It's yeah. fine. Like, oh, um, <laughs> who who gives a shit? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I didn't remember it being quite as split. Where, like, he's selling weed and life is good, and then he's selling coke and he's got a gun in his mouth within the first few minutes. Yeah, yeah. No, that's the lesson here, guys. Just stick with <laughs> stick with weed. Like, no one's going to fuck with you. Um, <laughs> Don't you, climb the ladder too high. Yeah, you'll just meet a kindly farmer, and you'll have a nice arrangement with him, and you'll make, a lot of, you'll make enough money to buy a giant-ass house. Don't fuck <laughs> with it. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm certainly not saying there's any Ethan sort of... Ethan Suplee, nothing bad happened to him in this movie. He just, got off, he just got off on the weed off-ramp, and he's good. <laughs> I mean, I guess it makes sense because it's based on a life story. Mm-hmm. But I did sort of appreciate the characters dropping in and out. Like, that did feel a little bit real life to me. Yeah. Of the idea that Paul Rubens just sort of comes back into your life when you think of a connection you can use. Yeah, yeah. That um, made a whole lot of sense. And Paul Rubens was fun in this. Yeah. Everybody's fine in it except for Penelope Cruz. I, I feel like this was Paul Rubens' like... Uh, I mean, I don't want to say like victorious return, but it was wasn't this bit, kind yeah. of the first thing where people let him yeah. do a normal thing in a yeah. while? Yeah, I mean, there was Mystery Men before this, but like oh. that was there was nothing victorious about <laughs> Mystery Men. Um, yeah, he, he this was him like taking on an actual serious role and doing quite a good job. Yeah, um, Johnny Depp's fine in it. Mm-hmm. Um, Ray Liotta's fine. Um, yeah, I mean, Franca it, Patente's fine. And, you know, Penelope Cruz, like, her awfulness in this isn't really her fault. Like, her whole job is to just kind of, like, be this, like, screaming id of a woman. Yeah. Um, who's just like, I have wants. Uh, gratification. Uh-huh. I'm going to shrew them at you. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to shrew them at you. Yeah. Um, all right. So so you want to you wanna, you wanna go through this thing? Yeah. So... Uh, I guess just one point I wanted to make yeah. off the bat was it's funny how from a obviously from a quality standpoint they they're not on the same table but I didn't expect to go into this thinking at all about Breaking Bad but it is mm. funny how many drug stories quickly just come to the terms of reality of oh when you get successful how do you move this huge amount of thing from here to here and yeah. how do you handle the money that's given to you yeah yeah it um, is sort of funny how how quickly it has to break down to that because that's the big problem and i i really loved how at the end his assets are all seized because there was a coup um, <laughs> i mean that yeah they just panama went socialist and uh and even that they played sad music and i was like he didn't diversify yeah, like, I never yeah. agree with the cues of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> he never diversified, and he supplied uh, all of America's cocaine. <laughs> well, I'm talking about the movie's point of view. Oh, yeah. Like, when it is, is That's playing, what I'm saying, of this is so sad. Yeah. It, it, no. Right, right. He, he's just, oh, oh, drug man got what he deserved. <laughs> um, 
fuck that shit. Yeah. Um, and I'm, you know, I, I don't want to get too like political, but you know, I, I am open to the idea. I mean, I, I definitely think America's drug policy should be way different from what it is. We should mm-hmm. be treating it as a public health issue, all that stuff. Like there are a lot of, uh, obviously marijuana should be legal and it is in plenty of places. Um, I don't think that's a very controversial thing to say anymore. <laughs> um, I mean, my home state of Louisiana is going through a huge budget crisis and they're talking about legalizing it there just to plug the hole in the tax code. Really? Um, Amazing what finances can do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Colorado has made bank yeah, yeah um and didn't they like pre-fill everything it was promised to and now they like have money leaking out to find places to put it yeah they just have to yeah. <laughs> they have a whole house full of boxes of money <laughs> <laughs> yes um yeah uh but like so there's there is that like there's there's this idea of like maybe it's not that bad this guy was just supplying a need but like Cocaine destroys people's lives. Yeah, and on that point, that was actually one of the main reasons I wanted to revisit this. Because I remember, even at the time, it feeling fairly hollow in terms of following this character. Yeah. And I I tried to pay attention to when he's talking to the judge in the first half of the movie. Yeah. And he makes, I mean, it's more or less a joke, but his sort of statement that, you know, what's the big deal about dealing drugs? Yeah. And I tried to watch the movie with that as the point of view, and it's still nothing but stupid decisions this movie doesn't have a fucking point of view yeah is but, the problem but i mean like it that it the way that you say that he he provided all the cocaine and yeah. maybe that's not such a bad thing like that doesn't seem like this movie's point either no because all he keeps doing are awful decisions and it's sort of if you're going if your point of view is that drugs should be legal he didn't go about it the right way no. so like you can't really take that as the point either he didn't like the movie doesn't doesn't the movie doesn't have opinion have an opinion about anything it's showing you it's just like oh yeah and then this happened I know, and then his friend betrayed him. I know. Um, Think of the 70s soundtrack we could release and then cut montages to. Yeah, God. Speaking of loving fucking Scorsese. Like, <laughs> it even starts at the beginning in the fucking idealized, like, 50s, just like goddamn Goodfellas. <laughs> um, and it's like, oh, look, an ideal suburb. This is so wonderful. I wonder if we're going to see America's seedy underbelly by the end of this. <laughs> and then we glimpse Ray Liotta. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> fucking Ray Liotta's in it. Like, Come the fucking fuck on. Oh, God. There's just not a single thought in this fucking movie's head. Just nothing. Um, uh, especially going off that, I yeah. assume it's more of an accident than anything, but um, I had sort of forgotten the the tragic romance with the, the dying wife. Yeah. And since life was so nice in that part of the plot... This actually, I won't say it's kinder to women than most things in this vein, but it was interesting that there was sort of a bubble of a normal relationship, and it seemed like he treated her, you know, I don't know about as an equal, but yeah. there was no scenes of anyone slapping anyone yeah. for a while. And for then that character time. left. Yeah. So where it's so usually, you know, she'll eventually become a crack whore or whatever it is in, in these, you know, big crime arcs. Yeah. Like you had kind of a normal woman with a normal relationship section of the movie. Yeah, yeah. They were just fucking with weed. It was yeah. fine <laughs> for a minute. And, you know, the movie could have made the point. It could have structured itself such that her death was what caused him to, like, kind of become more nihilistic and decide to get into the hard stuff. Like, what if there had been a scene, and I know this is taking artistic license with a real guy's life, but yeah, you could do it. It's fine. Um, <laughs> what if there was a scene at the beginning where someone was 
like, hey, George, what if we also sold fucking Coke or heroin or whatever? And he's like, no, no. And he like looked at his lady and he was like, no, we shouldn't do that. We should just stick it stick to this. And then she dies and he's like, fuck it, I'm going for it. That would have lent some meaning to any of the things on the screen. I think the deepest thing in this movie is when his daughter calls him George and then in voiceover he's like, things are getting better. She's like, bye, dad. Oh, yeah. Progress. I mean, did you did did you feel that too that it's just got no point of view? Uh yeah, I mean, you I think it was before we started recording, but you mentioned it as, you know, sort of a bunch of things that happen in a row. Yeah. And I would agree with that description. Yeah. It's not cuz it's not even like lionizing him the way like, you know, uh uh, I mean, I haven't... I, the way a movie, like, could... Um, if well, I mean, it was something like, like Wolf of Wall Street is having fun with the fact that he's an asshole. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, like, that that's a choice. And it would also be a choice to glorify this guy and make it an indictment of the of uh, the the America's war on drugs. But it just, like, it kind of holds him blameless, but just by default. Because, mm-hmm. like, it's just, it's just saying, like, oh, yeah, his assets were seized, he got busted. That's sad, right? But, like, <laughs> it's not, like... None of it means anything. None of it happens in the context of anything else. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, like, the, the voiceover never sounds any particular, like, the. it's not delivered from any angle. It's just sort of information of, I did 10 grams in 10 minutes once. Yeah. And it's not like, I used to be stupid. It's not like, this is fun. It's yeah. just kind of... Oh, yeah. And before that yeah. scene, we don't have any hint that he himself has a drug problem. Mm-hmm. Like... You know, he's he's not like using more and more. I mean, that's he'll a take, good point. He'll take a bump every now and then, but then like his he's he's about to his Penelope Cruz is about to pop out his kid, and he's just grabbing a bag full of blow on the way to the hospital, and then twitching and having a heart attack. And it's like, <laughs> oh yeah, by the way, um, I had a drug problem. Right. Um, okay. Let's 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 try and untangle this disconnected mess. Um, you want you want to start us off at the beginning? Uh yeah, I mean, do we do we need to go too much through the the glory days? I mean, it's pretty much he I, and Ethan Suplee want to start selling weed, or they have the idea. Yeah, yeah. a la Requiem for a Dream or any movie. Ethan Suplee has the idea. He comes home with a bunch of oregano. Oh, that's right. And uh, well, before that, just just because I I really I really want to lay into this thing. Um, <laughs> before that, there um, he's at home. He's a child. Uh, we see a little bit of his childhood. We see his impossibly like saint uh, sainted father. Um, Ray Liotta. We watch him like <laughs> leaving, and his and the kids like running up, like Dad, Dad, I did a thing. And uh, <laughs> the the rest of Ray Liotta's work crew is like, Come on, time's a waste. And he goes, Hey, buddy, I will talk to my son as long as I want. Thank you, <laughs> like because I'm a good father. Uh-huh. Um, my blue collar. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then then the very next scene, the voiceover is like, But we did fight sometimes. The very fucking next line is is uh, his mom going M O N E Y. Money, we need it. <laughs> she literally spells out the conflict. <sighs> yeah, the father relationship, even that is sort of just wishy-washy. Of, he's yeah. not happy about it, but... Eh. Yeah, like it, it could have it could have taken the stance that like, oh, yeah, he's enabling his son because he thinks uh, so much of him. Um, and, you know, it, n- not really, because there's that scene later where he's just like, I don't approve of what you do, mm-hmm. but I'm glad you're happy. Right. Um, what? Like, <laughs> and then there's like and then his mom is like leaving all the time and coming back uh, because their marriage is like all all kind of fuckety. And he doesn't really <laughs> like his mom that much, but she really wants a relationship with him. But then later she's calling the cops on him. Yeah. Which seems like a like a, what? Like, none of it makes any damn sense. None yeah. of it points to anything. And was the implication that she refused to see him 
like the last time. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she wouldn't let him get furloughed to visit his terminally ill father because oh, she hates right. what he does. Yeah. Um, but like, we don't see anything in her character before that that indicates how she would feel about him being a drug dealer. Um, like, none of it tracks. <laughs> <laughs> she has very little screen time, and they devote some of it to like, um, was it talking about what the neighbors will think and what they'll think of me? Yeah. It's sort of like, eh, you do have kind of a shithead son. Like, yeah. They're, they're making it look like she's self-involved. Yeah. By making this like her only line. Yeah. That how well, does it reflect on me? Yeah. And then she she freaks out over what's her name's big ring. Um, oh, right. You know, which made me think like, oh, she'll just be okay with the drug dealing because she just wants her son to have like what I thought her decision would be later when he gets uh, when he, she figures out what he does for a living is like, oh, well, my motivation this whole movie has been like to make sure economic security and like prosperity is delivered to my family. So I'm going to be OK with you being a drug dealer mm-hmm. like that would track with what we've seen of her <laughs> at the beginning, especially when she fawns over the giant engagement ring and everything. But no. Instead, she calls the cops. And what was it, like a statue or something? She's like, what would one of those cost? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, what? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> like, you could have made a point so many different ways. <laughs> anyway, uh, so that's his ideal childhood. And then he moves out to California, gets an apartment on the beach, just with 300 bucks and a bunch of dreams in his pocket. Yeah, starts uh, hanging out with Tuna. Yeah, um, <laughs> with Tuna. And uh, then one day, Tuna brings home a bag of oregano. He's like, we're going to sell weed. We could just do this on the beach. Um, and then uh, Franca Patente is like, oh, yeah, you want to you wanna buy weed? I have a hookup that can sell you weed. Um, <laughs> and then that's how they meet uh, Derek For Real, yeah. um, Paul Rubin's character. Who I did like the scene of him like being like super queeny until he's behind closed doors with mm-hmm. uh, with Tuna and George and he's like okay and he like <laughs> kind of drops it for a second mm-hmm. and it's clear he's kind of putting on a show um, because who could ex- who could suspect the flamboyantly gay hairdresser of being a <laughs> weed kingpin? Um, he's like Daredevil. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's your pot. <laughs> yeah. Uh-oh. But uh, so I think it's at this point when they they're sort of getting it up and running and selling where you sort of you find out what kind of drug movie character he's going to be. And it's, no, we're getting middled. Yeah. When another guy is like, so what? Like, nah, not happy with it. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He yeah. wants to find the source. <laughs> um, so he goes down to Mexico and meets a kindly farmer with bushels of weed. Lots of mota. Yeah. And uh, and gives him $75,000 and starts basically his scheme. And the only thing he really does, he's basically an air traffic controller this entire movie. Mm-hmm. He just knows people who fly planes. <laughs> that's that, true. That's it. That's all he has is like, we can fly planes in and out of these private airstrips. And uh, and that's how we'll smuggle drugs into the country. I'm just sort of thinking out loud right now, so maybe this won't make sense. But does it seem like maybe the first half of the movie, like I thought it was sort of more genuinely fun and that the tone of the movie matched what was actually happening, mm. where maybe like it sort of launched okay, but then treads into this heavier territory without sort of yeah like it still thinks it's movie from the first half just like most parties once cocaine shows up it gets a little weird Uh Um, especially at that time yeah dude um yeah imagine like a, a, a a version of this that's just the weed part um, and is directed by Adam McKay. That would be great. I'm laughing already. Yeah, that would be great. Not like Anchorman Adam McKay, like right, Big right. Short Adam McKay. Yeah. Um, that would be awesome. Like, if we just wanted to tell a story of, like, how, like, you know, weed got, uh, 
like you know proliferated in the 60s in southern california that would be a whole whole lot of fun mm-hmm. um I would love to watch that movie. Uh, and the, Coming of age, something, something. Yeah, something. and for a bright, shining moment, this is almost kind of that movie. Mm. Um, well, did you agree that that's like more fun? Like, Did yeah. you enjoy the first part more than the last part? Or? I didn't really enjoy much of it at all. But, Fair enough. Uh, I, I disliked the first part less. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, the whole thing was just really, you know, kind of amateurish and on the nose. It's, mm-hmm. it's that, 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 that's sort of the main thing. Speaking um, of on the nose, they have dinner with his parents and then they leave with him saying don't let us ever be like that we're gonna be like us oh yeah and they she gets a nosebleed in the middle of dinner which i thought like this movie keeps like setting things up and then like zagging on you just like the mom being concerned about money but then being the one to turn in to turn uh to turn george in Mm -hmm. like she gets a nosebleed and i'm like oh i guess this is how cocaine gets into the movie (laughs) nope brain cancer Like, don't give people nosebleeds as foreshadowing in your cocaine movie. Don't do it. Yeah, <laughs> she should have said rusty pipes. <laughs> uh, like, there's, 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 it's, nope, uh-uh. No, 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 no. Um, oh, yeah, and uh, at the beginning when they're selling weed on the, uh, when they're, like, in Mexico running around, the only, uh, I just wrote down a note. Um, I bet Ted thought that all these zooms here at the beginning of this movie were real fucking clever. Um, <laughs> I just I had to share that with the class. Um, yeah, so they uh, they have the engagement dinner. She's got uh, that, and then he goes off to Chicago and uh, gets busted with a whole bunch of weed up there. Six hundred and sixty pounds. Yes. Yeah. Um, he quotes, "It ain't me, babe." To the judge, who <laughs> yeah. then says, "Like, no, you 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 smuggled drugs, buddy. Um, you're going to jail." And he ends up. Uh, he says he's going to serve two years, and that's when Franca Patente is like, "Yeah, I don't have two years." Um, I'm gonna, uh, you know, I'm uh, nosebleed. <laughs> Remember four, <laughs> yeah. and he's like, "All oh, right." So uh, he skips bail, and they just kind of go on the run for a while. Uh, yeah. The let's see, how long did that last? Let me see. And my next notes are about the inspiring GED class. So I'm trying to remember what happened between. Uh, they they just kind of ran around for a bit. Uh, then they had uh, they had a funeral. I noticed the kindly Mexican farmer was there <laughs> at the funeral um, in the background. Um, well, he was promised fifty and got seventy five. Yeah, attached to that dude as long as I could. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and they 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 bury her, and then he I forget exactly how he ends up getting. Oh yeah, no, he goes home. Mm-hmm. Um, and he tries to like spend time with his parents and then that's when his mom calls the cops. That was when she called. I was trying to remember. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then he goes to jail in Connecticut and meets Diego. Yeah. Fuck Diego. <laughs> God. Um, so yeah. Tell, tell us about prison. Uh, so I'm trying to remember if it was sort of an original thought at the time or if a bunch of movies do this, but he goes into the speech about how basically he was an amateur, uh, criminal until he got sent to prison then became a professional criminal sort of yeah. learning from people and sort of the the way it's framed I, I didn't really check on how accurate this movie is supposed to be do you have any idea nope no nah. um so the way it's presented is that he is basically uh teaching a bunch of inmates who don't want to be taught and the agreement he makes is that you know if i teach you a little bit of the academic stuff from the book then i'll also teach you how to str- uh, smuggle drugs yeah because that's what i'm here for after yeah. joking that he was a murderer yeah. Which is wise in prison. Yeah. No, totally do that. Yeah. Absolutely tell people you, you did murders. <laughs> um, yeah. They love murderers in prison. Wow. Yeah. They're like, you're, you're the only people more popular than that are fucking child molesters. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, head of the class, buddy. 
Um, Jesus. Do you have to tell people what, like, do people in prison, like, have any way, do your, like, uh, fellow inmates have any way of knowing what you're in for? This is, like, probably based on movies and TV shows, but uh, what I, I suspect, it's it's not that, like, it's officially known, but that it's the kind of thing you don't want to lie about and then, like, hear from a, overhear some guards or something. Mm. So I, I get the feeling that it's sort of, you know, honor system but can get serious. Yeah, gotcha. Because if I was a child molester in prison, I would I would be saying tax evasion. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, I would absolutely not let that get around. You wouldn't put the scarlet letter on? No. <laughs> um, yeah. No, I would. Uh, then again, I would probably just take Rust Cole's advice from True Detective and <laughs> off myself. Um, it would not be good. So yeah, he he learns all about cocaine from Diego. Yeah. So prison. Diego sort of overhears that he knows all this about smuggling, and they lay it on pretty thick that he's from Colombia and wants to know all about this, and uh, God, that he has a history of stupid fucking movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they're, uh, they're just sort of discussing plans and you can see they're already laying out like, well, when you used a plane, how much weight was it? And blah, blah, blah. So getting into very deep specifics and then, uh, it pretty quickly cuts to, I guess he helped some people graduate. So he got out a little bit early. Yeah. 16 months. yeah, Yeah. So Diego was already out. So they sort of met up to do the drug movie post-prison meetup where he yeah you know raises in the ranks and meets people yeah he went down to, to some guy's palatial fucking estate <laughs> um and then basically set himself up as the middleman for diego's buddy right this was where it got a little muddy for me like the mm-hmm. i understood the arrangement he had with pablo escobar and i understood i think the arrangement he had with diego and his friend mm-hmm. um but can you like can you like outline what the this initial arrangement was um, so I believe, let me see, I'm trying to remember, like the, as he was uh, moving up through people that Diego knew, mm-hmm. I think he was uh, eventually introduced to, to the friend whose wife he steals eventually. Yeah. Yeah. He's um, like the first guy that, De- that Diego introduces him to. They have that lunch and, uh, he starts asking about, uh, the suitcases mm-hmm. cause he's gonna, he's gonna, uh, be traveling, um, like, because he's on parole, so he's just taking day trips down to Colombia mm-hmm. to grab cocaine and then bring it back up in his suitcases. Um, yeah, and, I and guess, that's how he's doing it initially. And he, I, I did like the moment where airport security opens up the bag and he's got the women's panties in there and he says old habits. <laughs> yeah. Because Ed Wood. Um, <laughs> as, um, <laughs> you get one point movie. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, before we jump too far, I mean, that's w- one of the many moments in this where... I just sort of throw up my hands of like, yeah, you probably should get fucked is the um, the when he calls Diego and like the first lines of the conversation are like, I got released five minutes ago. And his dad has the victory champagne walking by the payphone in the yeah. back. Yeah. It's like, are we supposed to feel bad about any of this? Yeah, you fucking idiot. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like, did your assets get seized? Did anything bad happen to you? Yeah. Does he still own that place in Mexico? Like, liquidate your shit. <laughs> Stay on the straight and narrow and just fucking open a laundromat or something, dude. Yeah, really? Like, just fucking lay low um, until your parole's over. <laughs> so, was it... Was Diego staying in Colombia while this was happening? Yeah, I'm, okay. I think so, yeah. yeah. So, I think he was initially acting as the middleman, and then sort of when it's, uh, you know, suitcases aren't going to do it. Yeah. Like, we can't... Um... Then he introduces them to that pilot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the... Well, I'm trying to think of when Derek Friel sort of... Uh oh, it's because that's the, the Miami connection. Yeah, yeah. I, I was trying to remember with the setup for that, and that's when uh, Diego pissed off the wrong people and is in Colombian prison. 
So now Johnny Depp is stuck with some debt, a whole bunch of coke, and no real plan of what to do. Yeah, because he gets because because uh, Diego says you got to do me a favor, and he sends him to Miami to meet these dudes. And he's like, yeah, these guys are holding a bunch of coke for me. I just need you to pick it up. And then they're like, yeah, we've been holding this shit for three weeks. We need to turn it around. <laughs> the you aforementioned got, gun in mouth. Yeah, you got a you got a week to get me my money. And so George calls Derek for real in L.A. And that's how Los Angeles met cocaine. <laughs> um, all because a guy stuck a gun in George Young's mouth. <laughs> yeah, so I mean that that's sort of the pivotal point where he's the only guy who knows Derek Freel. But yeah, yeah, before that, I think it maybe he was just the guy who knew what he was doing that yeah. uh, if if Diego was in Colombia, he's just yeah. the one going back cuz their their arrangement like the status quo pre Derek Freel is um he knows these pilots and he's going to get a little percentage of uh all their business just because he made this arrangement. Um, but like he is a middleman. He is adding no value. He is taking no risk. Right. Like now Diego and his buddy um know this pilot and George can just sit back and let the money roll in. Um, which just do that. Like <laughs> stop. Right there. Stop like, complaining about getting middled, goddammit. <laughs> yeah. Getting middled is awesome. <laughs> like, you hold you hold no product. <laughs> like, that thing that you're paying for is uh risk mitigation <laughs> yes it's great um, um yeah it's what a fucking putz anyway uh yeah so that's so he, that was their arrangement until he got sent to miami and then they got derek for real in and they turned all the they, they, he like gets there they test the coke with a little help from bobcat goldplate <laughs> who's just like oh this is really pure cocaine it's so good um, they needed a fun trailer scene yeah which and, i think it worked for <laughs> yeah and then the very next shot is just derek and george in front of a bunch of money going like <laughs> i can't believe we sold it all yeah i'm um, like no montage no nothing just like this next <laughs> shot oh it's fucking amateur hour i mean i guess it's i guess it's not that bad it's just it's just a little silly that they're just like wow that sure was an adventure selling a whole bunch of cocaine in 36 hours ah we're never gonna forget how we did that <laughs> this is too much credit but i i did remember that bobcat thing as being like entirely throwaway and i thought it was nice that it was like how he reconnected with Derek and yeah. how they determined how good the coke is like it yeah. felt like efficient storytelling putting yeah. that all in one scene i would scene. have liked that scene better if bobcat had been more bobcatty uh-huh. um like can you imagine like just like that guy like doing coke um, that sounds so fun um, oh man have you ever seen World's Greatest Dad? No, but I've heard it's real good. Oh, it's out there. Like yeah. that, I know everyone says about everything, but it's the one to like not look it up. Just watch it. Yeah, no, I've heard it. Because it's about like doesn't uh, Robin Williams' son kill himself, and then Robin Williams like recontextualizes the whole life to make it look like he was a good father or something. That that is the thrust of it, but it's not like. It's not the first act that happens. Like, it's a little more complicated where his son is, like, the worst child they've, you know, had on film. Wow. Where, if I remember correctly, it's the... After the son... Because uh, the, the son... Um, it's a... Uh, <laughs> it's an accidental suicide. I'll put it that way. Oh, it's an autoerotic asphyxiation accident. That's right. And he finds what the son is looking at, and it's the son's been taking pictures of the girlfriend's panties. <laughs> like, it's... He's like the nastiest, awful teenager, oh, buddy, <laughs> buddy. So yeah, it's but it, the movie's all over the place. And it's fascinating. Yeah, no, yeah. I should check it out. I mean, I hear really <laughs> good things. You know what Bobcat does mostly now? He directs comedy specials. 
Really? Yeah. Like huh. I, uh, I saw a couple years ago. I saw Pat Oswalt uh, record a uh, thing in San Diego, and then in the middle of it, like he had to stop, and fucking Bobcat came out on stage and was like, "So, Patton, <laughs> could you blah blah blah?" Um, yeah. Like if you look at the credits of uh, a whole bunch of stand-up specials, like he directs them now. Really? Yeah. That's, that's how he makes most of his money. Huh. Um, I want to say it was a, a Nerdist. It might have been Marin that Bobcat was on, uh, where he talked a lot about World's Greatest Dad. And I didn't realize that. I think it may have been Robin Williams' last movie. It was, it was at least like his pretty close. Or third last one. Yeah. There, there was another one with Mila Kunis that came out, and that's like his, his official last movie. Mm. Um, but he tells sort of charming stories about like uh, how he wouldn't show him the final cuts, so Robin was nervous, and he's like, yeah. Robin was in some. Robin did the movies he did sometimes, and so he yeah. was in a lot of unhappy premieres. Yeah. So, like, that he wouldn't show him the final cut, and then he saw it and was laughing out loud at this thing. And he just had a lot of charming stories. That's and, awesome. Yeah. And he also, uh, Bobcat also directed a found footage Bigfoot movie. Really? Um, <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, I, called Willow Creek, I believe. Do you know the name of the, uh, the father-daughter shooting spree one? Oh, um, no. I think it's called God Bless America. Uh, I, um, that one I, I heard about, and I, I had been meaning to see since, but... Yeah, Never uh, the, the, the shooting spree is, yeah, it's God Bless America. The shooting spree is instigated by the uh, the main character not liking that all of America is ridiculing, like, a William Hung type dude for being a oh, bad really? singer on an American <laughs> Idol type show. And he's just like, fuck this. I knew it was, like, social media. I didn't know it was that. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Um, anyway, so this, 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 <laughs> this shitty movie. Uh-huh. Um, God, what a... Oh, I, I really I really don't like this film, JP. Um, um it's it's oh, anyway, so they uh so he that's his arrangement. Now like the the new status quo is basically he's now legendary as like the guy who has this connection on the West Coast who can move mountains of blow in 36 hours. Mm-hmm. And so that's when Diego who uh who has just been gotten out of a Colombian prison by Pablo Escobar um you know Pablo Escobar from such <laughs> films as Cocaine um uh wants to meet him. I've heard Narcos is better than this. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, <laughs> probably. I haven't watched it, but I've heard it's. Uh, I've heard it's good. Anyway, uh, yeah. So he flies down, and we know Pablo Escobar is a badass. How do we know he's a badass, JP? Because somebody gets shot real quick as soon as we, you know, basically see him enter frame. Yeah, yeah um, it's a nice little shortcut. Yeah. Oh, I actually do kind of like the guy who plays Escobar. Mm-hmm. Um, he seems. I've I've seen him in other stuff, uh, but like he seems he, he he makes Escobar out to be like this kind of like casual business-like dude mm-hmm. um when he explains why the guy got shot he's just like yeah he came back because he informed on me and he knew that if he ran his whole family would die so uh <laughs> so i shot him um and it's a shame now let's talk about your planes um and he like just gets real detail oriented like i get the feeling that like pablo escobar would have been really good at excel um, <laughs> and uh again they try and make him forsake Diego, and he refuses to do it yep. because he's just a nice guy who yeah. bad things keep happening to. He's loyal, damn it. He's <laughs> just trying to sell some drugs. <laughs> he's an entrepreneur. He's the backbone of America. We can all get rich destroying lives, guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so now Pablo Escobar is flying coke up to his connection derek and uh flying flying coke up to him and then he's giving it to derek and derek's moving it everywhere Mm -hmm. um and that's when we get to the money house that he and diego have (laughs) a house full of money before there was a storage locker and a sheet yeah it was a house full of money yeah i mean (laughs) fuck you walter white like money house wins um (laughs) 
Yeah, I'm sorry, Walter White. You're better than any of this. <laughs> God, Walter White would have smacked George Young like a bitch. That's true. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then, uh, then we uh, that around this is when Penelope Cruz enters the movie and makes it exponentially worse. <laughs> Can you tell us about a little bit about Penelope Cruz and her her in, entrance into this? Uh, she's, you know, basically wearing the sexy dress at a party and George starts flirting with her and you quickly learn that, uh, other drug guy who hasn't been amused by George, who wanted to know about the suitcases and everything, yeah. is the husband. George Young makes, uh, continued stupid moves and, uh, you know, essentially the, the guy comes over to say they're calling for you and he says, I'll be, I'll be there in a minute. Yeah. I'm flirting with your wife, you know, yeah. parentheses. Yeah. <laughs> uh, another point for just this kind of a shitty guy is the voiceover is um, like, it's a serious deal breaking up a Colombian marriage. Oh, it's not one of those normal marriages you break <laughs> up, but everything's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So here's how it, how it got broken up. So before that, yeah, he has a conversation with all these drug lords and they're like, we sure would like to know who your connection is. And he's like, nope. Yeah. Um, which, you know, is what, what keeps happening. So um, a very, very subtle escalation of Diego's frustration with it. Yeah. Super subtle. Yeah. You don't get it at all. Um, yeah. It's, just, it's real gradual and organic. So then he leaves that table. And goes and stands uh, in the lobby of the Biltmore, by the way, downtown. Um, <laughs> I didn't notice that's that. That's the Biltmore. Yeah. No, it's, in, it's, it's where the party in Daredevil is, too. Oh, that's funny. The movie, not the... Uh, yeah, like 80 bajillion different party scenes in movies are just in the Biltmore. That's the Biltmore. <laughs> um, and uh, he's standing there. And then Penelope Cruz. They've said fucking two sentences to each other. <laughs> she just walks up. And now they're making out. And then we get a weird montage of like them doing S&M shit. And like Herbie and crazy and them having a weird vegas wedding and it's just like she could she she it was like she could party like a man and fuck like a woman or yeah, like, <laughs> something like that what <laughs> what does that even <laughs> fucking mean like she could party like a man but could fuck like a woman you know on account of her vagina <laughs> that's how i prefer they fuck yeah oh god um so he's married to this wild woman now um and uh everything's just fine uh-huh yeah um i believe this is when the parents come to visit and there's such deep lines yeah. as it's nice to have nice things george <sighs> fatherly wisdom yeah god i'm real sad man <laughs> um it's real it's real bad um <laughs> Yeah. So, oh yeah, I, I actually did like that shot where the it's this wide of um of George and uh and his dad walking out of their house and they're talking and like we see the house is huge and there's like a really nice sports car um parked next to it and then as they keep moving we track to reveal the five other cars and like the <laughs> staff of mechanics polishing and tuning them up like <laughs> that were just out of frame the whole time that was that was that was a, a, a welcome moment of artfulness um, <laughs> in this yeah uh, visual comedy yeah it was good um so yeah uh around this time is when i forget exactly how but diego and george end up in a miami hotel um with some dudes yelling at them oh yeah they're i think they're oh yeah that's right they're they are grabbing the coke off of these guys um, because I guess the the Medellin cartel was moving stuff in through Miami, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because those are the guys that he met at the beginning, the Miami connection. <laughs> um, <laughs> that would have been so much better. <laughs> yeah, God, man. Uh, they sang a song. <laughs> it would have been nice. Hotline Miami. Yeah. Any of these things would have been better. Oh, yeah, no, man. I, I, 
man, I'm, I might go play some Hotline Miami <laughs> later just to watch the scum of this. I only got halfway through that game, I think. I need to finish it. Um, yeah, that's worth finishing. It's a yeah. good one. Yeah. Um, have you played the second one? I read lots of bad reviews. I never checked oh, it out. Oh, the second one's bad? That's what I read anyway. Oh, that sucks. The first one's incredible. Yeah, it's fun. Um, <laughs> secret puzzle game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I checked that the first one got pretty good reviews, so it wasn't a like... It was misunderstood. Mm, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Um, yeah, guys, go play Hotline Miami. Don't watch this movie. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, they um, they are the, in a hotel waiting on the Medellin cartel guys to show up. You, I, I can't. Just walk us through this scene. <laughs> it's, I mean, I know they shout and they get real mad at each other. And uh, All right, here's what it, fucking happens. Well, um, I mean... George gets shot is what matters. Well, so what happens? It's just like, it's you seem far more concerned with the gears of this movie than I do. (laughs) I just like nothing, nothing. You're trying to grab onto something. Yeah. Like there's (laughs) nothing makes any damn sense. Like basically what this scene wants to do is, uh, we want to get to a point where, uh, George reveals Derek's name to Diego because Mm of uh, Diego's mounting frustration. Um, how do we do that? And he seems incredibly unstable and you know, the implication is he's going nuts on coke. George gets shot is in the middle of this fucking drug deal. Like he, Diego won't stop going off in English about how, uh, he deserves, to know the name oh, and it's middleman right. and he he won't, you won't stop even sh- tell your brother and yeah he st- he keeps shouting shit in the middle of a drug deal um so eventually a bunch of guns come out and then someone shoots george um and then george's reaction to that is not to say fuck you I, I'm just going to go straight to Pablo because I know I can cut you out anyway. Mm-hmm. He reveals Derek's name to him. <laughs> he gives in he to also the guy doesn't... who just got him shot. He also doesn't shout in pain. <laughs> No, <laughs> he holds it together admirably well. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Did that not bother you at all? Like, I mean the the whole like he's loyal to Diego because I mean I remembered from the first time I saw him that, that Diego was gonna fuck him. It just the whole thing felt incredibly forced to me. God, I'm just heaven, right yes. off the bat. It's like, you should want to separate from this guy, and yeah. you are keeping yourself aligned with him and trusting him with more over time. You're like, a terrible businessman yeah. for so many reasons. <laughs> you deserve what you get. <laughs> Oh, but the movie's just like, the movie has, like, why did any of this happen? Like, in what context did it occur? What, how should we feel about these events? I also kind of feel like... I don't have any of that fucking information, (laughs) JP. Um, I wonder if on paper Diego was meant to be, like, more of a bad influence. Because it's like, he has the serious coke problem, one would assume, based on the behavior. And how sweaty he he, tends to be. (laughs) He slaps a lady first, and then later he does. But it doesn't play that way. Nope. Like, he's rubbing off on him. It plays like they're growing apart and getting angrier. So then he would imitate him more over time. Yeah, Yeah, they're growing apart and getting angrier, so he gives him the name of his connection. Yeah. Like, the the one thing that he had, he gives it away. Doesn't track is a good way of putting no! all of this. Yeah, none of it tracks. <laughs> People are just getting brain cancer and giving away names left and fucking right. Um, God. It uh, does sound kind of like life, to be fair. No! A little, yeah. But, like, I don't watch movies for life. Right. I can just watch shit happening. I can go to a bar and watch life. Uh, <laughs> If there's a biopic with no point of view, it should be about someone, you know, who we're interested in. Yeah. 
I'm not interested <laughs> in this fucking yutz. Um, so yeah, that's so the next thing you know, Diego's got a private island and a whole bunch of guys with AK-47s hanging out on it. Yeah, like, Diego, like because everyone in this movie's smarter than George Young. Diego did what he should have done, and he went to Pablo and was like, "Hey, I know the name of this dude. We don't need George anymore. Mm-hmm. Sweet. <laughs> hey, George, take your fucking sixty million dollars and just be done." Yeah. Um. Which I think is what he tries to do, because he, he went to the island and he confronted him, and then he got the shit kicked out of him and came home and was like, I quit the business. I'm done. Yeah, and that was the, like... Uh, I mean, I know they made a joke out of it in the narration, but it's still, on top of all the awful decisions and everything else, the... And then I got clean. Well, maybe not totally clean, and that's... I was doing five grams a day, and I was like, oh my god. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he, he claims he's out and out of the business, and then it cuts to him doing coke, and that's when the daughter's born and stuff Yeah, pretty quickly. Twitching like an asshole um, <laughs> during the birth, and then falling down and having a heart attack, and waking up in the hospital. And <laughs> doctor telling him to take it easy. Yeah, um, <laughs> which he does. He, goes, he gets sober for like five years. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for his 38th birthday... Uh, his crazy shrew wife, who is who, just just Penelope Cruz, her character, like there's nothing redeeming about her. I would like to have seen those five sober years with that wife in the background. Yeah. Like, what does that look like? Because the good version of this, yeah, that would have been great. Well, <laughs> you see a little bit of it where like she's smoking and he like picks up the cigarette and puts it out. Like you see some scenes of her like in the background. Um, like if you really watch like her performance, mm-hmm. she's like resentful in the back, like hanging right. out with George's parents and shit. Um, not having a good time. I guess I was just questioning that someone who acts like that would last five years. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, but yeah, like the good version of this is uh, Margot Robbie and Wolf of Wall Street, or mm-hmm. um, or uh, Henry Hill's wife, um, where she's like trying to be in denial about the business, but then she gives in and she gets really enthusiastic about it, and they start doing tons of coke together and stuff. <laughs> like those are women with like agency and arcs. And like mm-hmm. inner lives, you know, those are characters. Did, I I felt like Penelope Cruz had no character. Well, a lot of the the things that you mentioned feel sort of like maybe gold digger impetus that sort of grows into real character decisions as they see what the underside is. And she sort of feels maybe like gold digger from beginning to end, yeah, or just addicted to the drama or whatever it is. Yeah, she's she's not a character. She's just a force that acts upon things, right? He's more of a stereotype. Yes. Yes. <laughs> the stereotype is Latina shrew. <laughs> They're fiery. <laughs> Wasn't that what that was? Yeah, that's what that was. Yeah, she's she is she she is muy caliente. Um, oh god. No, she she is just it's 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 like soul man levels of cultural insensitivity. Um, which once again Feeling bad for this innocent guy. I'm the only guy on the planet to get busted by waiters. Ah, your giant yeah. coke party and everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which your which your horrible, horrible wife that you never should have made out with after two sentences <laughs> um, planned with her giant gravy boat of cocaine <laughs> and all your coke friends. So yeah, he gets busted and. Um, he goes to jail again for like five years, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then he gets out, and he's like trying to rebuild his relationship with his now, you know, uh, now his daughter who is now turned into Emma Roberts. Mm-hmm. Um, or no, no, he they they set bail for him, and then he goes on the run again, doesn't he? Um, let's see. I think that's what happens. Yeah, I thought. 
they set bail for him because then he goes to his parents' house and his mom's like, you can't come in. And his dad, he tells his dad, like, I'm not going to be around for a while. Oh, I see. Um, yeah, I was trying to remember when he goes to Panama. Is it yeah. while he's on the run that he tries to get his money and finds out it's gone? I think so. Because then they end up in that shitty apartment, which is the first of two scenes where I saw PA in the background. Because <laughs> um, I think that is the segment of, like, he gets out of prison and then something and he loses all his money and the marriage falls apart. I think that was sort of the well. Rough he goes order. to prison because his uh, because his wife uh, because Penelope Cruz is like doing coke and climbing up on top of him. <laughs> right. with it, after he's told her like there's a cop car behind us, uh-huh. and for some reason she doesn't go to jail in that whole situation. <laughs> he goes to jail. I'm, I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> Drivers holding. That's the rule. Yeah, I don't know, dude. <laughs> um, like, and that's the you know the the fact that we're having difficulty like with this really highlights like it's just a disconnected series of events. Yeah, like it's no, there's no end. Then, like <laughs> I could, I I can, I could do this with the Big Short from memory. I could do it with Wall Street from memory because mm-hmm. like you know as as much as I kind of ragged on Wall Street, some like it shit happened for reasons. <laughs> <laughs> you could plot characters doing things in the world yeah it's just like oh yeah and then one day he had a party and he got busted at the party (laughs) and then one day yeah uh he went to his parents house and then one day they were in a room (laughs) (laughs) like it's what nothing what (laughs) um i don't know that i noticed in 2001 but certainly the climate today is like that is an awfully white multi-ethnic child (laughs) yep (laughs) <laughs> yep, sure is. Yeah, she definitely looks like someone with a Spanish mom um, or a Colombian mom, uh, depending on which line of the fiction you fall on. Um, yeah, so uh, then, uh, yeah, he goes to jail, gets out, finds out that he's that uh, his wife is divorcing him, which is fine. She seems to kind of get her shit together a little bit. Right. Um, it, and, it almost seems like a mutual understanding thing because yeah. when she's when she visits him in prison, she says, "I'm leaving you," because yeah. the daughter is revealed dramatically, <laughs> yeah, as being in behind. And the then mom. she just talks like a little adult, like uh-huh. you said, like you said, you couldn't live without your heart. Mm-hmm. Um, what? You gotta make him feel bad somehow. Yeah, like oh, this poor man and his daughter doesn't want anything to do with him because his horrible wife has turned her against him. And sort of like, yeah, he did say that. And then he did fuck up and go to prison. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, well, no, no, that's the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then he gets out and he starts... <laughs> well, I mean, just the way it's played up. It's sort of... It's like the things that she's accusing him of are false. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is not the case. <laughs> no. You did all of this. <laughs> Shit is on you, bro. <laughs> you were a bad drug dealer <laughs> who got in way, way over his head and got lucky because you're kind of smooth. Yeah. That's it. That's all you did. Um, <laughs> So he gets out and he starts walking his daughter to uh, to and from school, right? Um, and trying to rebuild the relationship. Mm-hmm. And then one day he says, uh, you know, where you want to go to California? We're going to go to California. We're going to make a new start. I just need one last score. <laughs> I bet this movie invented that, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's basically making like the Montana speech from Red October <laughs> at this point. Um, so you, you got a pretty good idea what's about to happen to this stupid son of a bitch. <laughs> Was it Kurt in American Graffiti? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yep. <laughs> Everybody's going to California. Everybody's right. gone. Um, yeah, so he, he puts together his one last score. He gets together some pilots, they smuggle some drugs in, and then he gets busted. Um, and then there's the shot of his, when he's like, you know, I got, I I got sentenced to 60 years. That didn't bother me. 
I uh, lost everything. That didn't bother me. But I broke a promise. <laughs> and I never break a promise. Because I'm a great guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. But... The, I know I'm harping on it, but the movie isn't even actively saying he's a great guy. Uh-huh. He just kind of is by default. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's our protagonist. Yeah. Like, I mean, because I didn't get the feeling that the movie was really lionizing him either. Mm-hmm. I mean, did you? No. It seemed to mainly not be denouncing him enough. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> it just wasn't doing anything. Yeah. Um, oh, God. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I mean, the, the setup to his last big score is that he hasn't been paying support yeah. to Penelope Cruz. So there, it seems like there's some sort of light implication of, oh, so I can just buy my daughter from her. Like <laughs> That seems to be what he took from the conversation. It, it is, yes. Because then he promises her that they can go to California. As soon as I do this one 1,800-pound cocaine smuggling thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, it's real dumb. It's real, real fucking dumb. <laughs> this friend who I haven't seen in years, who was also in the drug world, has been making painful references to how we're old friends who haven't seen each other. Yeah. That's not at all suspicious. Nope. Nothing weird about that. <laughs> Let's go. Um, yeah. That guy who looks like they uh, they wanted... Um, oh, fuck. What's his name? From uh, from Jaws. Um, Richard Dreyfus. Yeah. It looks like they wanted 70s Richard yeah, Dreyfus in super, this super, 2000s movie. Yeah. He's super dreyfy. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> You're definitely right about that. So yeah, then he um he goes to jail. Uh then we have this this weird scene of like his daughter visiting him while he's gardening and him being like, You're the only thing that ever mattered to me. And then it turns out she's not even really there. Yeah. Wow. And he's so sad and alone now. Isn't that sad how he's alone? Oh, sad. <laughs> and if you weren't sad, they explain why you should be yeah. with print. <laughs> yeah, like they haven't reconciled, <laughs> which I actually read uh, in real life. They they started talking again like a year ago. Oh, really? Yeah, so that's good. <laughs> she even dissolved out in the cheesy way. Oh, they didn't do the like, you know, uh, it cut to this angle and cut back and she's gone. Yeah. Like it's it's. It's just a mountain of stupid ideas. <laughs> like, and it's no, no, it's a really not. expensive TV movie. Yeah, no, yes. What it is, it's not even a mountain of stupid ideas. It's a mountain of other people's ideas executed stupidly. <laughs> like, we take a little boogie nights, we take a little good fellas, we stir it all up in a pot and just sort of pour it into a fucking brownie pan and see what happens. <laughs> I'm with you. Oh, God. Throw some almost famous in there just for shits and giggles. <laughs> oh, God. I. I really don't like this fucking movie. <laughs> I think it makes for a good conversation. Yeah, it does. But it's like, I, I don't like... Like, this is different from uh, just like a, an objectively just bad movie. Because mm-hmm. this is a, like... I really don't like it when shit like this is is like brought up by uh, people who like like film or like are like starting to get into it. And this is going to mm-hmm. sound pretty elitist, but you know, you know me. Um, <laughs> but like when people start getting into movies, like I said, like the one of the big ways in is gangster movies, mm-hmm. um, which you know you can stop at or you can go into film noir and you know all this other stuff. But like people see this. And, like, this is the kind of movie that dumb people think is a good movie, and that bothers me about it. You're worried people are seeing this instead of Goodfellas. Yes! That's exactly <laughs> right. Thank you um, for, for putting that in a less offensive way than I did. Because I just called people who like this movie idiots. And I'm actually going to stand by that. If you like this movie, you're not smart. <laughs> 
Well, I'm glad that we're doing it in a timely 15 year later fashion. Yeah, yeah. Stirring up this controversy. Absolutely, man. Yeah, no, I'll 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 go after the sacred cow that is 2001's <laughs> blow. Um, yeah, I'll topple it. Um, yeah, I, you're you know. not afraid of Ted Demi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we kind of have to talk about this, um, and I'm I'm I don't mean to make light of someone's demise because it's sad, but um, the director of this film did die less than a year later um of a heart attack while playing a basketball game and cocaine was found in his system so um (laughs) given that there's pretty strong evidence that this guy was a was a cocaine user Mm -hmm. and he made this movie what do you think that how do you think that might have informed his portrayal of george young I would imagine you approach the script as like, oh, I got some funny Coke stuff I can get in here. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you think that you don't you don't think that might have played a role in him not sufficiently indicting this? this Yeah, yeah. I mean, that that certainly makes sense. And I mean, as we discussed earlier, it doesn't really seem to have that much of a point of view about the legality of the drugs. The the movie doesn't. Nope. Nope. (laughs) Um so yeah, it seems to be largely based on opinion about this guy who seems to not judge at all, no. despite all his terrible decisions. So yeah. yeah, I could certainly see that factoring in. Yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't surprise me that this that this. I mean, because the movie does. I, I I'd say it does kind of glamorize. Yes, it, it absolutely glamorizes uh, the world of high stakes drug dealing. Yeah, I mean, insofar as it cares about anything, it cares about making these guys look cool while they do stuff. Um, I mean. All things considered, you know, he survived and did a lot of cool stuff and was awful at it. Yeah. So in terms of glamorizing, there's certainly a degree of like, well, I wouldn't be dumb enough to make that mistake. Yeah. Yeah. But like the movie isn't telling you their mistakes. No. The movie's just like, well, poor guy. It's what happened. Yeah. It's just. (laughs) And then that happened. Um, Yeah. It's just. Yeah. It's like it's like watching someone with or like listening to someone with really bad time management skills explain why they're an hour late for like a for like a dinner. And they're just like, oh, and then traffic and then this happened and this happened. And like just like, you know, dodging any kind of accountability for it. Um, (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Anyway. So that's that's blow, guys. Um, what anything else you wanted to get out and get off your chest? Uh, I mean, <laughs> I'm glad that I wasn't missing something in 2001. Yeah, so that's always kind of nice. Yeah, yeah. We need like a MythBusters style stamp that I can put down, like, <laughs> as good or bad as I remembered. Yeah. Boom. <laughs> so I think we can safely say that this movie is not and and the least rewatchable. Just go watch <laughs> Goodfellas again. I know you rewatched it after our Goodfellas episode. Just go watch it again. It's great. Um, yeah, it's only for Johnny Depp mega fans. Yeah, not. It's not even that great. I mean, he's fine in it. Yeah, I just mean that he's in every scene. Yeah, much. He, he is. Yeah, he is. Um, and you can hear weird things that I'm not sure are jokes. Like, we're not cops. We're uh, from Massachusetts. Oh, okay. no cops in Boston. No. What is that? What is that? Oh God. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. So. I, uh, I, I, the, the, for, for our next episode, um, I'm gonna, I, I could pick some other overrated fucking crime movie. Um, I could make us watch Boondock Saints. <laughs> um, I'd do it. But, uh, but I, I, there's, there's a movie that came out a couple weeks ago, um, called, uh, Batman versus Superman <laughs> Dawn of Justice. Do I have to go see this again? Um, no, I haven't seen it. Oh, okay. um, and I'm 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 waiting until oh, it's oh, a, I'm waiting until yes, it's at the Dollar yes. Theater. Excellent. Yeah. Um. So I think uh I, I it might be time on this podcast uh for us to revisit 
2013's Man of Steel. This has been building since episode one. <laughs> yeah. Um, guys, this is like... This is the rumble in the jungle. Um, like, I, I, I saw Man of Steel when it came out, and, uh, and it really hurt. <laughs> it, it hurt real fucking bad, dude, uh-huh. um, for a lot of different reasons. And what I'd like to do is go into it and just see if there's some kind of skeleton of, like, a good movie in there mm-hmm. somehow. Um and just try and find something to like. <laughs> um, so, because you watched Man of Steel pretty recently, right? Yes. Yeah. What did you think of it? Uh, I mean, I'm not like as attached to the characters and stuff. I, I certainly couldn't call it a good movie. I mean, there was a lot of moving colors and things. Um, I I will say <laughs> a lot of a lot of really dark moving I, colors. <laughs> yeah, that's true. A lot of moving shades. Yes. Um, Hopefully, hopefully you could be happy about that. I would think my favorite part about the whole experience was that I have been hearing about the third act insanity of just how much destruction there is yeah. since the day it came out, and it did not disappoint nope. at all. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> Big 360 panorama of everything destroyed around them, and that's not the end of the fight. No, no. It's the start of the fight. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. No, he, he, he murdered millions of people. Um, <laughs> And and is not held to account um, by that movie. I'm told he is by the next one, which is nice. Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, that uh, that's 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 the next one, guys. So um, yeah, until then, uh, you know, don't 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 sell drugs um, or you know just sell weed. Um, yeah, that's the go, go to move to Colorado, open a pot shop. It's fine, um, and it'll be okay. Uh, yeah, we'll talk to you next time. Thanks.